This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Now, I want to go back to the digital paradox, uh, Brad. Talk a little bit about this and how this plays into kind of how marketers should sort of regulate themselves a little bit in this context and like what are the the big lessons and what are the big cautionary tales that come out of this uh aspect that you've been paying attention to for a long time uh the impact of digital technology and social media uh on society Mm. is a huge passion of mine interesting Uh uh, of trying to mental health Uh and uh digital technology Uh uh-huh uh, is uh, an area that's very important to me, and mm-hmm. I hope that I can contribute to mm-hmm. uh, focusing on that. But the digital paradox, basically, to define it is that, you know, a few years ago, you know, whether you were the CEO of a legacy company, you were really excited about digital, right? And mm-hmm. you realize that for those, of, for those who really understood what digital was, uh, it's a tool to make things better, faster, more convenient Mm -hmm. for you and the customer. Um, But on the flip side, we didn't realize what it actually was doing to our habits and our psyches. And now we are seeing the deleterious effect Mm. of digital on, you know, society. Mm -hmm. I mean, teenagers who are addicted to their phones, Mm. doing TikTok and Snapchat, (laughs) highest, highest and Instagram and highest suicide rates ever. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it's funny. I was just in East Africa. I was in Kenya mm. and there was a whole, uh, you know, there was a, there's a big movement there of like how Instagram there is really affecting mental health there as well. Mm. And uh, you know, that this is interesting. I think it was it yesterday that Facebook came out and they're deleting the like button and Instagram mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. Uh, so, so we're realizing how troubling it is. Uh, I think 21% of girls, uh, have been bullied hmm. in the United States for oh, wow. technology. Wow. So it, it's a problem. And then on the uh, more adult stages, there's, you know, a lot of my clients are the heads of human resources, mm-hmm. chief human resource officers. Mm-hmm. And they, I think 95% of them, according to one study that I read, you know, say that people leave their jobs uh, because of burnout. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's the always-on culture that mm. has really, uh, mm-hmm. has really uh, impacted us. I think, that's super, so, I think that's super interesting, Brad, because it also dovetails very nicely with what you were describing earlier in terms of the workplace trends. And I want to sort of yeah. circle back to that because I, I find that incredibly fascinating and very insightful, This what you refer to as the consumerization of the workplace. Can you, mm-hmm. can you te- talk us through a little bit of how you would help a company? Let's, let's say you, you're working with a company, you and your team, to help them refine and sort of modify their organizational culture to be able to be more uh, synchronous and in alignment with some of those expectations that you were saying were external expectations that are now being brought inside the four walls and the building of the workplace. Can you talk a little bit about how you would help a, a, help create an organizational culture that could thrive given these changing consumer trends and consumerization of the workplace ideas? 
Well, in terms of me understanding marketing, the first thing I would say is that they should, learning and development executives should bring Zeitgeist culture class. Into their <laughs> <laughs> they can understand how to be relevant so that they can stay up to speed on the chaos. But what you're saying is a really interesting question because, you know, there are a lot of companies that are thinking about this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And they are breaking down walls and they are creating community within the, the workplace. Mm-hmm. They are allowing for flexibility. Uh, you know, they're, they're getting there. We're seeing companies. I mean, I think, I mean, I know uh, the last Fortune 500 company to do this actually you know, appointed uh, a woman board member. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are companies that are listening. But what you really have to do is listen and observe who's being praised on the outside world and, like, what are some of the best practices mm-hmm. that are making particular companies relevant, mm-hmm. right? I mean, health and wellness. Mm. You, know, uh, you know, a lot of companies are getting into the space uh, there's uh, a company called Delos that's a, you know, architecture and design firm that has seven areas of creating a healthy workspace. Oh, interesting. Uh, like clean air, clean water, light, uh, nourishment, healthy food, like having a, you know, almond butter and apples, uh, comfort, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, mindfulness exercises. I might have missed one or whatever, uh-huh. but, uh, you know, it, <laughs> right. it's, it's, you know, it, people, the, the walls are so transparent about what's happening inside the walls is that, you know, uh, that if you're not doing something that's zeitgeisty or, or not where the employees aren't happy, everybody's going to know about it. Uh-huh. Last door, there's social media. Mm-hmm. Um, the other part of it is that I, you know, even this is a new thing that's happening in, in, workplace culture uh, that I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And Jamie Dimon of, you know, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase mm-hmm. uh, talked about this a couple weeks ago about, you know, how corporations have to be, you know, not serving their shareholders, but their stakeholders, right? Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. You know, it's like we live in an employee and consumer first uh, world right now. And it's because if your employees aren't happy, mm-hmm. then they're not going to be, you know, serving their customers, mm-hmm. right? And if their customers are happy, then the investors wouldn't be happy. But it used to be investors first, consumers second, employees So, so a new thing that's happening is that since you know our we understand or think that our government and politics really aren't uh, doing anything to help society and, you know, focus on global issues, you're seeing, you know, the whole woke advertising trend that companies <laughs> uh-huh. are, are, are mm-hmm. you know, contributing brands and companies are mm-hmm. contributing to the conversation about what's happening in geopolitics and climate change mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, the outside world. Mm-hmm. And so I think People just need to be educated mm-hmm. uh, and talk about the issues. Like, okay, look what's happening with climate change. We have a woman in Greta, a young woman in Greta Thunberg, who's taking a sailboat across the Atlantic Ocean mm-hmm. to talk about climate change at the UN meeting in a couple of weeks. Like, wow, that's really significant. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for my brand? Are we making things with unsustainable materials? Mm. Are consumers going to eventually get mad? So it's like, 
you have to stay abreast uh, gun control, like Walmart saying mm-hmm. they're not going to be uh, selling guns. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's companies now have a responsibility. In fact, Edelman did a survey uh, where they interviewed a bunch of employees, and 76% of them believe that their CEO should be in charge or helping make the world a better place. Oh, wow. 76%. Yeah. That's very interesting. I want to touch on that a little bit, yeah. Brad, because you made a very interesting point. The examples that you brought up, which was uh, the example of Walmart uh, and yeah. the guns, and the all, the other example of you know any company that has uh, product uh, packaging uh, issues and sustainability in the environment. Those, those are examples, yeah. interesting examples, Brad, because those are examples where the product itself is actually more directly tied to the issue. What are your thoughts on the situation where the product, the organization, the service, the brand is not necessarily, their business model is not necessarily directly uh, affected by some loftier set of beliefs or values associated with an issue and whether or not they should start trying to build that into part of their brand or stay away from it? What are your thoughts? It's a great question. And I'm not sure I have the complete answer because I'm thinking about it a lot. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. It depends on who your audience is. I think it depends on two things. What is your collective belief system? And it's also dependent on who your audience is. Mm -hmm. Like Nike you know, with a Colin Kaepernick mm-hmm. like that, that particular example is that, uh, you know, they knew that they had the potential to alienate a lot of their customers, mm-hmm. but they knew that this would resonate with core cover, uh, customers. They're mm-hmm. super consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. your top 10 consumers who probably uh, bring in 60% of your revenue. Uh, so, you know, so when you're talking about issues, you definitely, definitely look at your consumers, but I highly recommend this. And I'm going to give a shout to my friend, Nick Thompson, who's the editor in chief of Wired magazine. Mm -hmm. There is uh, a profile or an expose. Let's say, you know, a lot of journalists, you know, in this world of no one reads, (laughs) (laughs) there aren't as many exposes, but there's an amazing one in Google about Google which talked about how, you know, there's a lot of division there, especially between Mm. conservative executives and progressive executives. Mm. And Mm -hmm. there's a whole freedom of speech debate that's happening inside. Mm -hmm. And there's so many initiatives. Like, for example, there's a project that got killed called uh, Project Dragonfly, which Mm. was an initiative where Google was going to work with the Chinese government to create an uncensored Internet. Right. Mm-hmm. Where Google's main mission was don't be evil. Right. And uh, <laughs> the Internet is supposed to be open to all. Right. And Google was also doing another project. I think it was called Project Maven. Right. Mm-hmm. Where uh, they were going to do an AI initiative with the State Department. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. So or Defense Department. Mm-hmm. One of the departments. Of the administration. <laughs> right, and right, right, right. Like, I mean, what what does that mean for people who are going to a place to work that they believe have their a set of values that match their purpose? Mm-hmm. And, you know, purpose is a big like a trend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 complicated. 
I think it's super interesting, though, because you're touching upon a point that is absolutely critical, Brad. And you, you mentioned this. You said that if, the, it, you know, the focus on redirecting the direction of uh, priority from shareholders to employees to stakeholders to shareholders is huge here. And the idea that you've got to get people bought in inside the building, the four walls of the building, and align with those values and belief systems so that they can feel they can feel like they are thriving as human organisms uh, to be able to serve those customers in, in a very powerful way that can really facilitate the ability of those companies to do great things. And if you're not sort of tapping into that power and that energy, you're it's a missed opportunity. Right, Brad? Absolutely. Another thing that I would add to that, though, is that the consumer base is changing, right? Uh, Younger people, thankfully, I believe, have, uh, and we saw this when President Obama was elected, you know, more progressive belief systems. And, you know, the IAB, the National Trade Association for Digital Media and Marketing, right, they just released a disrupting brand preference study that shows that disruptor brand shoppers comprise a 48% of all U.S. consumers, right? And they're younger, right? And they're brand-only shoppers with 84% of them being under the age of 54. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they are this new consumer base, like almost 50%, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. They basically, you know, are connecting you know this is a rising uh you know cultural movement so to speak where you know consumers are voting with their uh with their dollars Mm -hmm. focusing more on newer brands that are showing Mm -hmm. uh more progressive Mm -hmm. political you know branding messages very very interesting stuff brad grossman thanks so much for joining us tonight it was great to have you as always and i hope you'll join us again always i love it thank you america you're very welcome sir i appreciate your time and your wisdom listeners if you're interested in keeping up with what's happening with brad you have to listen to it very carefully head to zeitguide.com that's z-e-i-t-g-u-i-d-e.com or you can follow him on Twitter at Brad Grow. That's at B-R-A-D-G-R-O. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.